0: Well, good morning once again. We began last week a series from the book of Proverbs called Soundbites and we're looking at these little bits of wisdom that are offered to us to help us live in the everyday. One of the things that we said in the beginning of the series is that your ability or inability um do I have that slide up there? No. Your inability or your ability or inability to um, take these words of advice will have a dramatic impact on your life and it impacts so much of what you do and what we talked about last week, not necessarily the the 10% of the crazy, difficult moral decisions, but more like the 90% of everyday decisions that you have to make that you don't even think about. And in this world, there are two options. There's this wisdom that's personified as a woman. It's calling out to you in the street saying, I'm available, take me and let you have life because of me. And then there's the folly uh, who's personified also as a woman who is like an adulterous woman and it drips honey from the lips and hands are as smooth as oil that is offering herself freely as well. And so in chapter 4, the writer um, Solomon, he says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so as we begin this morning, a a question, a simple question, but what makes something valuable enough to guard? What, What is it that makes something so valuable that you would want to guard it? And as I was thinking about it, there, there's a couple of things. But in my, my life, um, on occasion, my wife will say, hey, I need you to go to the store on your way home. And I'll say, no way, that's your job. Really? And she'll say, okay, that's great. You come home and watch the four kids. And I'll say, yes, ma'am, I'll go to the store. And when I go to the store, on occasion, my iPad or my MacBook are in the car, and I will hide them so that no one sees them, because no one's going to want to steal my car, all right? I drive a 2003 Camry, and it has 150,000 miles on it, and I don't really care. And, And when it storms up here and there's hell coming... Like everyone on staff's like, hey, you might want to move your car and get it under the awning, and I'm like, no, Mike Munn takes care of my car. Get it out in the middle of the parking lot. Because I, I really it's not that valuable. Now, if my bike is on the back of it, like I will put my bike in the car and make sure it's safe. But but what makes something valuable is either it is expensive? Or it is important. My iPad, my MacBook might not be that expensive in the grand scheme of things, but it's pretty important to me. Because there's some really important stuff on it. Some stuff that I want to lose. My bike might not be the most expensive bike in the world, but it's very valuable to me. It's important. It's something I love to do. It's something I enjoy. It's something that's hard to replace. But something is valuable when it is expensive or it is important. And when something is both expensive and important, then it is so valuable and we guard it with all that we have. And so Solomon says, above all else, here's one really important piece of wisdom you need to understand. Above everything else, guard your heart, because everything that you do flows from it. Everything you do comes from it. And so when we think of heart, we think of this organ within our body, and the heart is an organ which pumps blood throughout the body. I mean, in its basic, most simple terms, that's what it does. And it's responsible for everything from Oxygen flow to expelling waste. But the heart in the Jewish sense that Solomon is talking about here, the heart is the center of human thought and spiritual life. And that's what Solomon is referring to here. Is make sure you guard this because everything that you do will flow out of it. So protect it and take care of it. But there's a couple things you need to understand about the heart. First of all, it's really difficult to guard what you cannot see. Correct? It's very difficult to guard something that you cannot see. And the second thing you have to understand is we make a really careless assumption most of the time. We assume that if people knew what to do, then they would do it. That if people knew the right thing to do, then they would do it. But most of you forget that you went to the doctor last week. And the doctor said, well, you know what, we're we're looking at the charts and everything. It would be really good if you cut back on what you eat. And we said, well, yeah, that's great. I'm going to do that. And we go home and we tell our wife we're going to start a diet and we're going to get healthy and we're going to stop eating fried foods. And then church ends and you go sit down at Texas Roadhouse and the person at the table next to you orders the chicken fried steak. And you're sitting here thinking, I'm going to get the salad. And you see the chicken fried steak walk past you and you think, hmm, I'll start tomorrow. (laughs) Because we assume that if we knew what to do, then we would do it. The problem is not the head, the problem is the heart. The problem is not the head, the problem is not the knowledge. I know it leads to cardiovascular disease and diabetes. I, I know all this stuff. But just because we know doesn't necessarily mean we will do. The ancient rabbis had this understanding. They believed that necessarily if you convince the head, it didn't do a whole lot. And they said, well, if you will speak to the head... The heart may never follow. But if you will speak to the heart, the head will always follow. That knowing what to do does not necessarily mean someone will do it. But backing up just a little bit before Solomon says this, I want you to listen to his words, starting in verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Don't let them out of your sight and keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep your corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from all evil. So why is it so important that we guard our heart. See, just the same as everything begins physically within our heart, everything spiritually begins there as well. And one of the things you'll notice in those verses that Solomon alludes to is everything is connected to it. He says, be careful what your eyes see. Be careful what your ears hear. Be be careful where your feet go. Be careful with what your hands do. Be careful with your mouth and what it says. That all of this is connected back to the heart. And so in the very center of this passage, he says, Above all else, guard this, because everything you do will flow from it. Now, there's a danger Here, Because for most of you, when you hear this message, you're going to start thinking, man, I wish so-and-so could have heard this. I have a friend who really needed to hear this today. And can I just ask you for the next few minutes to kind of push back against that tendency? And simply ask, what is it in this message that God wants you to hear? Because we remember, wisdom is all around us. It's available to everyone, but so is folly. And I think one of the ways that we follow folly, we follow the adulterous woman, the way that 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 gets in our heart is we begin thinking, well, this is what someone else needs to hear, and not necessarily what I need to hear. Jesus speaks specifically to this. And as Caspar read just a little bit earlier, starting in Isaiah, I'm sorry, Mark chapter seven, Mark, in, in through the words of Jesus, quotes from the prophet Isaiah. He said, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And Jesus says to them, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Skipping down to verse um, 15. Jesus says, nothing outside of a person can defile them by going in. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but it goes into their stomach, and then out of the body. Saying this, Jesus declared all foods to be clean. When he went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person, person's heart, evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, Murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. See, the Pharisees had these arguments. Well, you need to wash your hands before you eat. This is ceremonially what we do. Or you need to eat the proper foods. And Jesus looks at these men and he says, no, 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 you're you're missing the point. It's not what's happening to the outside of your body that's the problem. It's what's inside that's the problem. You know, occasionally you'll hear someone, they'll, they'll say something and they'll respond, man, I can't believe I said that. I have no idea where that came from. Or or someone gets angry and they say, well, I can't believe I I got angry like that. I don't know where it came from. I think Jesus would simply say, well, I do. It it came from within. It's not a head problem and knowing the right thing to do. It's a heart problem and your heart not being where it needs to be. See, one of the, the things that we learn really early is that when we pour things into our heart, that are good and holy and healthy, it fills us up. That's one of the greatest benefits of gathering together as a family and being here. But one thing that happens over time is we allow sin to kind of start to creep into our life. And it's not that big of a deal. It's, It's just a little bit of pornography It's just a little bit of language, it's just a little bit of gossip, it's just a little bit of greed, but as it begins to go in, as it begins to fill up more and more and more of our heart, what has been poured into us will eventually begin to pour out of us. What has been poured into us will be poured out of us. And you are completely free for your heart to pursue whatever it desires. But as you fill your heart with more and more, its capacity to hold what is healthy and holy diminishes. And where God once filled you, now you are filled with so much other stuff that your capacity for what is healthy and holy is severely diminished. See, here's my guess. That most of you have been in this place before. And because of greed, because of lust, because of anger, because we've allowed sin to just simply begin to permeate our life in little bitty chunks, and we think, well, it's not that big of a deal. We'll we'll deal with the symptoms of it. We'll, We'll try to fix the pornography problem, and so we'll just take it out of our life a little by little. The problem is when we deal with the symptoms, we never get to the root that Solomon is talking about. See, this is not a head problem. This is not about knowing the right thing to do and simply doing it. It's allowing your heart to be convinced of what Jesus told us. So how do you protect what you cannot see? And and here's what you need to understand. The same way all this gets into your life, or I'm sorry, the same way all this will begin to come out of your life is the exact same way that it gets into your life. Solomon, Solomon mentions all of these parts of the body It says, be careful with your mouth and what your mouth talks about. Be careful in your ears and what you hear. Be careful what your eyes see. Because this is how that uncleanliness comes out of you, but it's also the way that it gets into you. It's the way that it seeps into your heart. Guard, and listen please, Guard what you see. Guard against what you hear. Guard yourself against what you talk about. Guard where your feet go. See, you can't see this. You you can't see inside to protect this. But the way that you protect it is protecting all the the ways that there is access to this. Does that make sense? Guard what you see. Guard what you hear. Guard what you think about. Guard those things. And we, we live in a society, we live in a world where it's so easy to just dismiss things as not a big deal. Well, I may talk about this, but I don't do it as much as they do. I may watch this, but I don't watch the same thing. It only takes just a little glimpse to begin to move and change and fill the heart. There's a song that we sing with our little kids, and it's considered a kid's song. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. That's just a kid's song, though. That's not real important to you and I. Or maybe it's much more important than we ever imagined. Because what we see, what our hands do, where our feet go, is a window into our heart. See the heart of the problem is the heart. The heart of the problem is the heart. And we live in a culture that in a world that we fix symptoms. We we fix symptoms. And let me just say this I'm speaking in generalities. I don't need emails about biological predispos- predispositions and I get that. We we go to the doctor with back pain. Let's get some medicine to numb the pain. Instead of, let's, let's work on strengthening the core and eating right. Or, or we go to the doctor with high cholesterol and here's some, some pills. Let, let's address the problem. Let, let's address the symptoms. Or the marriage is falling apart. Well, let, let's get together and talk about how we talk together with one another. What if instead we said, okay, I understand there's a marriage problem. But above the marriage problem, there are heart problems. There there are two individuals that need to first work on themselves. And before they can be whole and one as a couple, they need to understand how to work through things on their own. They, they need to understand how to deal with their selfishness. They need to understand how to deal with their anger. They need to understand how to deal with their lust. Before we can get to those problems, we need to address some other ones. But before we fix the, the back problems, let, let's go back to the root of the problem. Let, let's go and not just address the symptoms, let's address the problem. Listen. We deal with heart problems. And the biggest thing that we struggle with in our churches today is not head problems. It's heart problems. It's people's hearts being where they need to be and focused on what they need to be focused on. But if we address the root of the problem, understand that's going to be hard. It's easy to talk about some just simple relational fixes for the marriage. It's easy to take a shot for the back pain. It's easy to have a a shot or take a pill for the the heart problem. It's much more difficult to go back and and address the root of the problem. This is going to be hard. This is going to take some work. This is going to take some sweat. This is going to take some tears. This is going to take something out of me. And that's the problem. Is we have to go back to the root of the problem if the problem is ever going to get better. See, greed, anger, lust, deceit, envy, arrogance, these are all just symptoms. They're symptoms of something else that's happening. They're something. There's symptoms of something that's inside of us. So this morning... One simple question for you. How is your heart? Like, what is the condition of it? And if you're not real sure, what comes out of it? Where, where do you find your feet constantly that they're not supposed to beat? What do you find your hands holding on to that they shouldn't be holding on to? What do you constantly see your eyes viewing that they probably shouldn't be seeing? What do you see your mouth talking about that you probably shouldn't be talking about or your ears listening to that you probably... What, what's coming out? Because it's a window inside to the heart. And the heart of the problem is the heart. So, so how do we move forward? and beginning to fix our heart. First of all, we surrender it. We surrender it. Paul, when he's talking to the church in Corinth, on multiple occasions, he reminds them that your body was bought. The first time he does it, he's talking about sexual sin. And this church that's giving themselves over to these desires and these lusts, I want you to listen to what he says to them. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. He he reminds them, you are not your own. You have been bought. So you're surrendering what is not yours to begin with. You're surrendering what's already been bought, what's already been paid for. It was bought and paid for. It's valuable. It's to be guarded because it's important and it's expensive. How how do you know if something's worth guarding? It's either valuable or expensive. And Paul's reminder is your heart, your soul, your body, your mind. It was bought at a price. Now honor God with who you are. Second, fill it. Surrender it, now fill it. And what we fill it with matters. Because our capacity to hold what is healthy and holy will greatly diminish as we fill it with things that don't bring life. As we follow the foolish, as we follow our desires, our capacity to hold what is holy and healthy diminishes. I heard someone say recently, we have a problem in our churches with biblical literacy. People don't know as much as they used to. And I would say, no, that's not the problem. That's a symptom of the problem. The problem is the heart and the desire to know more. We can teach, we can do all we want to, but if there's not a desire within our heart, a longing for that word it's not going to leave this building. And biblical literacy is not formed in a church. It's helped in a church. It's formed in the home. It's formed on your own. It's formed as you open up God's word and you interact with it, as you read it, as you let it change you and shape you. If the only time you're opening God's Word is when you come here and you come on Sundays, there's 52 times a year that God's Word is being poured into you. There's a problem there, a mathematical problem. There are 365 days in a year and if there's only 52 that you're being filled with God's Word, over time, what is poured into you will begin to outweigh what we are trying to pour into you. So surrender it, fill it, and guard it. Guard it because as Solomon says everything you do flows from it now let me tell you why this is important not just for you individually but for us as a church as we talk about 2030 and our vision is we exalt Christ encourage one another engage our neighbor here's why it's important our vision will not be clear collectively until yours is clear individually. Collectively, as we gather as a church body to engage our world, to engage our neighbors, our vision will not be clear collectively until we deal with our vision problem individually. Until the way that you see the world, until the way you see your neighbors, and the way that you see yourself changed. See, this is not just about knowing what you need to do. It's also about allowing Jesus to shape and change your heart to what it needs to be. Father, today, we pray that in the name of Jesus, all of the other pursuits that we think are so important all of the other things that we find for our hands to do, our eyes to see, our feet to go, our mouths to talk about, our eyes to see. All those other pursuits that pull us away from you, Father, through the power of Jesus' name, would be guarded, protected, so that they do not enter our hearts. And Father, let our hearts simply be focused on Jesus, your Son the mission that he has called us to. Father, that as he changes our hearts, Father, this world is changed. Because as he changes our hearts, the pursuits of our hearts, the pursuits of our eyes, our ears, our hands, our feet, Father, they begin to follow you. And Father, may we be a church fully committed Fully devoted, eyes fixed on Jesus, engaging this world with his gospel. And Father, we pray this in his name. Amen. If you've never given your life to Christ, we offer you that invitation this morning. We would love to help you in that journey. If we could simply pray for you, we're going to have ministry staff and shepherds around the back of the auditorium. Whatever your need, come while we stand and sing. There's a fountain and free test for you.